Hello, my name is Israel. I've been involved in hip-hop since the 1980s as an artist, producer, radio show host, journalist, documentarian, magazine editor, hip-hop advocate, and pundit. Over the years, I've interviewed hundreds of interesting people in music, media, and more. Welcome to Sounds from the Underground, the podcast from Insomniac Magazine, where we learn from both those who reside below the surface and those who've breached it. Yo, 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 if you're looking for that good hip-hop, looking for that good hip-hop tutorials, that good educational hip-hop stuff that'll open your mind, yo, check out Insomniac. 100. Peace. All right, so I want to welcome Flex Matthews from D.C. to the Insomniac Magazine podcast. What's happening, Flex? How you doing? I'm doing good, brother. How you doing? Thanks I'm for having doing me. well. You're very welcome, man. And I was uh, mentioning before we started recording that I've been very familiar with you for well over a decade now. And what I what I was thinking, you know, in regard to your album that came out in May, it, it seems so long ago, though it was just really a few months ago, I think because there's so much music that's dropping these days, just overall. What do you think about that? I, I was talking with my boy about this recently, uh-huh. and I was like, um, it's, it's kind of like a gift and a curse, you know? I think the reason, like, a lot of this, like, quote-unquote mumble rap is alive is because, you know, the internet and home studios. So you can, like, drop as much as you want right now. Right. You know, or... Or opposed to like other people like, yo, I'm dope, but I may not have what this particular label is looking for. So I'll just start my own movement, i.e. with Khalifa. Right. I think even before that, though, I mean, if you think about it for a moment, we were, we got to this point in hip hop where folks stopped dropping albums like in a very... I don't know, in in a very thoughtful manner. So in other words, once upon a time, you have folks that will work on an album for a certain amount of time. And, you know, they made sure that everything felt right, that it was themed right. Everything was aligned and they would they would promote it and there might be one or two singles off of it. They would do videos for those. And there would be this whole process to properly introduce an album. And I think, in all honesty, I think it was probably well over a decade ago where artists just started like haphazardly dropping mixtapes. And and calling it a mixtape was almost like the, I don't know, it was almost permission to not make sure that everything was good and perfect and all the stars were aligned. It was just like, okay, this is just a mixtape, so I could just slap anything together and drop, you know, 20 songs. Yeah. This is very true. <laughs> and and, and I've, that, heard some, I've heard some mixtapes. Yeah. And then there would be people that would drop like multiple mixtapes. Like like you didn't even have time to digest one with 30 songs on it. And then next, you know, a month later, they got another one. Yeah. I was, there was a kid, um, that one dude, um, he, he dude from Brooklyn. Uh-huh. Charles, was it Charles Hamilton? Charles Hamilton? Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. He didn't he drop like he dropped like three mixtapes in three days. He was one of those guys who dropped like multiple mixtapes. Like he dropped a lot of stuff. It's crazy. I think and, and then obviously, you know, you just you mentioned the fact that technology just allows for people to, you know, effortlessly make and release music, which like you said, is a curse as well as a blessing because the quality isn't always there. It's like there's no I think the craftsmanship is missing from a lot of releases. What do you think about that? 
Well, yeah, it definitely. So, like, I, I, um, I agree with you on that, the craftsmanship, because, um, you know, like, once upon a time, there was, like, a label, like, you would have to submit, like, if you got signed to a label, they would listen to your stuff. They'd be like, nah, take that back, you know, keep working on it, keep working on it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. they would make, they would make you refine your stuff. Right. You know? And then, you know what I'm saying? When they felt you were ready, then, then they would let you, you know, come out. You know, so it's like, um, as opposed to now, you know, you're just like, yo, man, I like this and all my friends like this and their friends like this. So I'm going to put it out. I don't care who else like this as long as my friends and their friends like this. Right. You know, so it's, it's tough because you got to be, you know, on one end, you're like, yo, that's whack. You know, that music you're putting out over there, that's whack. But when, they're selling out shows after shows after shows. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? There's somebody that likes that type of music. True, true. You know, so it's it's weird. It's weird, but I definitely think the craftsmanship is lacking. You know what I'm saying? Because listen, like this is like this is hip hop. Like this is rap mm-hmm. music. Word. Right? Mm-hmm. Like how, like how you a good rapper and you can barely rap. <laughs> You know, like, and, and you're willing to accept that, like, like you're not ashamed yeah. of that. <laughs> yeah, I call it. Um, and I try not to be too hard on the new school, right? Right. right. But it's like, pe- pe- like people who like like the mumble rap, right? They like it's essentially like a bowl of Lucky Charms uh-huh. with without the random pieces, but just the marshmallows, right? Right. Right. And since like they took the me- they took the melodies, right. They took the they took the melodies, but the words are not necessarily there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, if you ever had and people don't know this, but Lucky Charms did a limited run mm-hmm. of boxes that right. were all marshmallows. Right. They did a limited run, and I had that box. <laughs> and when I got that box, I realized how important those other pieces were. Wow, that's a good analogy. <laughs> you know? That's that's a and good that's, analogy. And that's how, <laughs> And that's how I feel about the mumble rap. It's like, yo, you got the melodies. And like, yo, the melodies are great. The beats are great. But those little, I, I, for me as a, a, a consumer mm-hmm. and a fan of rap music and the hip hop culture and rap music mm-hmm. as it, you know, as it is, like, I, I want those other pieces there. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. That's how I feel about it. It's interesting you say that because I think, you know, and clearly, I mean, there are a lot of artists that kind of fit in that space. But I think ultimately the real indicator of, you know, what is quote unquote good music. And that's something that, you know, I don't ever want to argue with anybody because it's so subjective, but the real indicator is the test of time, you know, in, Mm, in mm. 20 years, you know, think about, you know, records that, Folks like Tribe Called Quest made 20-something years ago, they still are classics, and they still make people move. And I wonder how many of these artists that kind of fit in that space that are that are big, you know, that are making a lot of money, that are doing shows, are going to have that kind of resonance. So are they going to still have folks, you know, listening to their music and discovering their music and it resonating with them in 20 years? I have, I, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think the league leaders of, because like in the in the new era, right? Mm-hmm. It's like someone uses a style, then everybody else copies that style, right? Right. right. So, so I think 
I think Migos, right? Mm-hmm. I think Migos. I think I think their fan base will always appreciate them, and right. they'll you know, and they'll listen to them. But I do think, like you know, the people who adopted and and tried to adapt that style. True. I think those people will just fall into the between the cracks. Like there right. are a ton of like when James Brown came out, mm-hmm. there are a ton of James Brown copycats. A lot right. of people don't know that unless you dig for records. Right. But there are a ton of James Brown copycats that no one even knows. True. You know, True. they just fell between the cracks. You know, and that's the test of like, are you really trying to create your own sound? Mm-hmm. Or are you just trying to be hot right now? Indeed, no question about that. I, I definitely concur with that. Now, speaking, you mentioned digging for records. So clearly, uh, you are a vinyl and record digging enthusiast. Yeah, yeah, I do my best, man. I do my best. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about that. I mean, vinyl records have been so close to hip-hop culture from its essence, from the beginning, before there was recorded hip-hop. Those DJs, yep. you know, were mixing those records and creating something new. What What do you think? What do you think about the fact that that's kind of been, in, in many ways, disconnected from the hip, at least today's hip hop aesthetic? You know, you don't hear about a lot of folks digging that are making new music, at least not the music that's breaking through to the masses. What do you think about that? I think, um, you know, just with the internet, you know, with uh you know, guys are like, a lot of new guys are like sampling off the internet, you know? And, um, you know, your tools, the tools of the trade, your tools of the trade are your tools of the trade, right. you know, whatever you have, whatever, right. you know what I'm saying? Um, but, uh, you know, like the guys that I love listening to, you mm-hmm. know, they sample, uh, they sample records, you know, they'll sample them, they'll get a boom mic and make their own sound. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, um, I just think it's, uh, Sampling is just like it's a different form of making beats. You know, I hang out with I, I'm getting hit to a lot of the young producers and new producers and they're definitely like doing their own thing. You know, as for me though, like I just know what I like, you know, right. and uh like I like I do I like a lot of I like sample heavy beats. Mm-hmm. You know, um like that's just kind of that's that kind of resonates with me. I, I like I go nuts for a piano loop. Right, right. Like I love piano samples, you know, mm-hmm. and um, people who can flip them properly. Right, you know. Uh, so um, I got to give a shout out to like things like Serato. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm, know, like mm-hmm. even though like you know like it's not necessarily you know vinyl a vinyl platform. Right, right. They do have vinyl controllers, and it keeps the it's helping to keep the idea of DJing with records alive, whether people realize that or not. Right. You know, like, cause I see guys who use Serato and that, you know, a, new guys and old guys. And I see some new guys come through with records and like, okay, I was like, okay, all right. And they'll come through. And now I'm meeting some new guys who only spin vinyl, mm-hmm. which I think is kind of cool. So like, you know, there's a, there's, a, there's a, not a lot of new guys, but there's some new guys that I come across you know, who are really heavy into like keeping the culture alive, Indeed. you know, and really, and really heavy into like, you know, I'm only spending vinyl. I only spend vinyl. And I was like, okay, cool. So what you working with, you know? So, um, so like shout out to those guys and just Toronto and all those digit, those DJ platforms that help to try to keep vinyl alive, like, and all the record stores out there, like big mm-hmm. up to them. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think there's something to be said about it. I mean, granted, you could discover music clearly, more music than you could ever listen to online. But I think there's still something to be said about going through those records, you know, reading liner notes. And in some cases, mm. some of those liner notes mm. have a little bit of history behind the artist. And you get to see, I mean, not only who produced it, who mastered the record and I don't know. It, mm. it, it, it may, maybe you're right. Maybe there's just a new way to dig in the crates, if you will. But I don't know. I think there's, there's still something about that tactile experience. Touching those records is an experience. No, it is. Like, if you want to get in the liner notes, man, yo, like, you're talking about a wormhole. <laughs> you know, like, like, that's, a, that's a rabbit hole. Like, you know, you're like, because you'll be like, okay, who played horns on this? Right. That's, you know, you'll listen to something be like, yo, that saxophone was crazy. That solo was crazy. Uh-huh. Who, who, you know, you know, who was that? Listen, you know, you'll Google him. This dude has like 12 albums. Right. Like, man. Okay, you listen to that. You're like, guitar solo was crazy. Who was that? Uh-huh. Oh, man, this dude has four albums, you know? And you, 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 you never know, man. You know, like, just never know. Like, records in itself. Like just going to you know like record stops record stops that I go to I go to this place called the Exchange mm-hmm. and um, some I go to some like record if you know if you're really into records you have your shops right mm-hmm. like you know where you want to go for soul records mm-hmm. you know where you want to go for old eighties and go go records mm-hmm. you know where you want to go for hip hop records so I I have my shops so it's like um if I'm looking for like old like 80s hip-hop like i'm talking like 80s i'm talking like i'm talking like kumo d i'm talking mm-hmm. like you know uh busy b stuff like that you know what i'm saying i go to this place called some records nice because they have a section with like old hip-hop records mm-hmm. and i don't even know if the rest of the world knows but i know you know what i'm saying so i go and i'm like yo this is crazy i didn't even know busy b made it vital for this mm-hmm. piece right here mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so like it's, i love it man and you know so it's like when you start getting in the liner notes, man, that's just, man, you'll be there all day, man. Indeed. Not not to mention, you're becoming familiar with, with the labels themselves and the kind of music uh, that they put out. Yeah, no, you're right about that. You're right about that. Like, um, just, you know, just like listening to stuff and just looking up stuff. You're like, I'm, I'm surrounded by records right now. I tell people, no, I say like, yo, you know ABC? Had a record label? They're like, no, he's not. Yeah. No, he didn't. So, yeah, they did. So, yo, you, I said, you know, Playboy used to have a record label. Yeah. No, he didn't. Yeah. Yes, they did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, telling people, like, you know, um, you know, Bruce Willis made an album. He's like, no, he didn't. Yes, he did. Like, go. I was like, yo, look it up. Like, these people made albums. Like, random people made albums that had no business making albums, but they made them. Leonard you Nimoy. Know? So, yeah. Um, and who's the dude from the the, the dude from um, was it Kojak? Oh, tell us about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had like three albums. Who loves you, know? you, baby? Yeah. Mr. T had an album. Yeah, there you go. Um, Macho Man, Randy Savage, all, all these people made albums. You know, and you're just, have people like, no, they didn't. Yes, they did. Like, you know what I'm saying? And But that's, that's one thing that digging for vinyl right. will show you. Right. you. You'll be digging. You'll be like, Mr. T. That's what? Funny. He had an album? You know what I'm saying? And it's a rare album. And if you have it, it's worth money. True. True. <laughs> you Indeed, know? So that is like, true. It's crazy how you just like stumble across these random gems and jewels. It's like you didn't know like Bruce Willis made an, a blues album. It's almost like archaeology, man, I think. Digging. It is. Because you're, you're technically digging. You know what I'm saying? And don't get it twisted. You're definitely blowing dust off of some right? stuff. Right. No question. <laughs> 
for sure. Just like in an archaeologist did, you're dusting stuff off for sure. You know what I'm saying? You're going to sneeze. And uh-huh. um, your hands are definitely going to be dirty afterwards. And you find those gems every once in a while. Exactly, man. You unearth a whole Tyrannosaurus Rex. And you're like, yo. I remember when I first discovered Mandrew, I lost my mind. Oh, wow. Those covers were crazy, like, too. Yo, I was like, yeah. But then I started playing the records, and I just realized um, Mandrew and Isaac Hayes, man, uh-huh. blew my mind, man. I, you know, I think Isaac Hayes, so many people sample Isaac Hayes. Uh-huh. You know, just like... um. Was it um was the ice rap uh-huh. where um uh-huh. I'm learning that I learned I, when I first put it on in the uh, you hear the crickets in the beginning right uh-huh. you hear the crickets in the beginning it's like right. yo so many people have sampled those crickets uh-huh. you know what I'm saying I first heard Pete Rock use it on a UN it's on the UN sound on the right. UN song that's on the instrumentals right and I was like yo it just blew my mind just these gen like you know once you if you once you start mm-hmm. listening to the records. You find so much, bro. It's, it's like you said, it's a wormhole. Then you get into Jimmy Castor. That was a whole different world, right there. Who Jimmy Castor? Jimmy I don't know. Break it down. Who's- yeah, Jimmy. Man, you you got to dig into Jimmy Castor because the Jimmy Castor bunch they had so many different styles. Like, and they're okay, another okay. group that had. They're another group that really were you know had these like super funk records, but they also had like the clean breaks, and on top of that, they also had. Records that were almost like early, early rap music. Okay. Um, but yeah, Jimmy no, Castor. I mean, they've been sampled so many times. Yeah, Jimmy Castor, forget about it, man. That, but yeah, talk about a rabbit hole, man. We're going <laughs> to, we got to come back up for a minute. Speaking of a busy B and Kumo D, you know, I was perusing the artists that you've opened for and in some cases toured with, and it really is a who's who of hip-hop history. I'm seeing everyone from Slick Rick to Lupe, EPMD, Bismarck, Das Effects, Wu-Tang, Pete Rock, Tlaib. I mean, talk a little bit about that. How a mortal technique, um, how you go about how, uh, playing with, how you first go about playing your shows. Like, do you, do you reach out to the promoters? Are they booking you based on the fact that you're the man to go to in DC or how's that coming together? Um, just, um, I would just reach out to the promoters, you know, or just, just email the venue, you know, and, uh, kind of just be relentless, you know, and just be like, Hey, you know, um, well, you know, how, you know, I'll send a, you know, a nice email, you know, and, uh, just, see what it took you know it's weird you don't it's hard to describe because it's like when i'm in it i'm in it you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. when i'm like okay so-and-so has a so-and-so has a show coming mm-hmm. all right so i hit the I hit the venue up and they'd be like you know they're not having any and the venue will say they don't have any they, um there, there's no openers for that show mm-hmm. i'm like okay and I'll be like, okay, well, who's their management? Mm-hmm. Who's their booking? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So then I'll uh, then I'll Google, you know what I'm saying? And then I'll be like, yo, what's up? And then I'll send them an email and like, what's up? Blah, 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 blah. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm just, I was just relentless, you know? And if and if I knew a show was coming like two months in advance, I would, you know, if I knew the promoter, I'd be like, yo, what's up, bro? Can I get on that show? And they'd be like, well, I don't know, man. Da, 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 da. So I'll tell you know, so I see him again. What's up, bro? I know you ain't got nobody on that show, man. You need to put me on that show. Mm-hmm. I, I would just really be relentless. And um, I was shameless in the sense, like, after I would do, like, my shows mm-hmm. that were just, like, where I wasn't opening for anybody, I would just, I would announce and be like, hey, you know what I'm saying? I'm always looking for gigs, you know? Mm-hmm. Kind of like a, it was kind of like my calling card, like a plumber or whatever. I was like, yo, 
I'm always looking for gigs, so let me know. You know, you can hit me up. We can talk after the show. Like, I'm always looking for gigs, you know? And uh, just always kept humble, you know, always prayed and thanked God for every opportunity that came my way and uh, just continued to push forward, continued to push, you know, like put work in. A lot of people knew me from winning MC battles and freestyle competitions and doing shows and uh, just doing just doing stuff constant and relentlessly to the point where I was like, yo, and I would be like, yo, what's up, man? You coming in town? What's up? Uh, I see he's coming to D.C. on so-and-so date. Can I perform? They'd be mm-hmm. like, yeah, no doubt, man. I remember when you won that MC battle, I da 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 Yeah, you could definitely get down. You know, like, that's how I ended up opening up for J-Live. Nice. You know, he saw me win an MC battle, and he was like, yo, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, yo, you nice, doc. He said, of course you can get down. Come through. Very nice. And And you mentioned the word humble, man. I think... You know, when I listen to your music, other than the fact that obviously, you know, you're you're a dope lyrical MC, you got hot tracks, but at the same time, it just has a really down to earth, chill vibe. It kind of reminds me of those, you know, I don't know, this smooth era in the 90s where where everybody wasn't on some hostile gangster type tip. People would just like, I don't know, almost like a backpack hip-hop just chilling kind of stuff as opposed to like this hardcore relentless angry you know sound that we hear so much of i mean i love that too but it doesn't seem like there's as much balance as we once had what do you think about that no um well that's definitely that's definitely something that i try to strive for um like when i'm when i write like i want my music to be a reflection of like me Mm -hmm. you know a a true reflection of me and um, when I'm living and how I'm going through and the type of person that I am, um, I'm a battle rapper in my, in my, at my core, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm a, I'm a heavy freestyler, you know, so, but like I don't want to write songs about battle rapping, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like, because to me that's just one angle, but like, yo, like I want to write a song about my grandma. I want to write right. a song about, you know, dreaming. I want to write a song about, me being a Christian, I want to write a song about all these angles that I, that are that all these sides of the pie that make me, mm-hmm. you know. And um, I feel like as an artist, if you can't do that, then you're missing something. If you're not trying to do that, then you're missing something, you know. Because I don't know, I always want always want to make real music, mm-hmm. you know, you know. And I'm not quote unquote trying to keep it real, you know. Like I just want to make music that reflects me and my soul and my walk in life, you know, right. like, so like I try to tackle all these things that I deal with from depression to, you know, just, you know, living in a gentrified area mm-hmm. to just like my family. Like I want to tackle all these things and I want my music to be like a yellow brick road of my life that you can see and that you can walk down. I like that. You know, I like that. So, talk to me about how you connect with fans. What What would you say is the 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 biggest way that you're able to connect? Is it you know the most obvious way? Social media? Is it shows or is it something else? Um, it's it's both. Um, a lot of people are real good with the social media. Like, and I'm I'm all, I'm all over social media. I try to be anyway. Mm-hmm. And um. You know, I interact with fans that way, but I also interact with fans like um, at gigs on the shows. Um, I'll go to other people's shows and support other artists mm-hmm. and um, listen to their music. And sometimes they'll be like, "Yo, bro, you um, yo, you want to sit in?" So I'll sit in, and then I'll interact with people, new people. But um, 
you know, social media is a good place because it is the it is the, the World Wide Web, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's how I'm able to, you know, work with a guy in in England, you know, or work with a guy who lives in Russia, you know. So you know, or interact with the fan that's in Russia, mm-hmm. interact with the girl who likes my music that lives in Slovenia, like mm-hmm. real talk. Mm-hmm. So it's like you know. It's just, you know, the World Wide Web allows you to access so many people, you know, and the more music you put out, the more people will discover it. True. So so these days, other than playing shows, I mean, is there is there some other means for revenue for an artist that isn't necessarily, you know, touring the world or having their music licensed to you know, major motion pictures? I mean, are you are you selling a lot of merch? Are you you got you know, physical product that you're selling, vinyl records, or CDs. What, what's what's the the way that an artist is kind of like in this in this middle ground? You're not necessarily starting out, but at the same time, you know, you're not fifty cent. What 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 would you not, say is is the way that you know you're able to bring in revenue realistically in this new digital environment? So I would definitely say on the music aspect of it, learn your fan base. Right. Like learn your fan base. And um, there's this idea, right, that I, I don't know if it's for me, it's an idea. Some people might agree with it. Some people might not. Right. Like sometimes I'm, I'm of the mindset of I got two Facebook pages that are that have, you know, 5000 people each maxed out. I have a Instagram page that's like 3900 people. I have um, a Twitter page that's you know, 3,200 people. Mm-hmm. Like, my mindset is almost as if, like, if I gain new fans, fine, I gain new fans. But this, these people who follow me on these platforms, I'll let, the, I'll let these people be my market. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Like, these will be the people who I shop to. Indeed. These will be, be the people who I promote to. Because if I, like, that's roughly... Those numbers are roughly, what's it like, 17, 16, mm-hmm. 17,000 people? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if I can get 3,000 to 4,000 people to buy my, to buy those, buy my music from the start of January mm-hmm. to the end of December, that's roughly like maybe 30, what's that, 30,000, 40,000 bucks, you know what I'm saying, at $10 a pop. Right, right, me? right. Like, and I feel like that's not an impossible number, mm-hmm. but you got, to work like it's not going like it's not going to come easy that's right like you got you got to work so but you know to diversify is cool because some people can so like um if you're a dope writer if you're prolific mm-hmm. if you're prolific and you can write a song in a day two songs in a day i would say look into ghostwriting mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying look into ghostwriting go to studios go to agencies and be like, hey, do you need any ghostwriting? Because mm-hmm. I write maybe three songs a day. Right. You know, so like, do you have any artists that need songs written? You have to take that chance, mm-hmm. you know? And being a ghostwriter is like being a session player, mm-hmm. you know, for a saxophone. It's like, you may not want to be it, mm-hmm. you know? No, I don't know. I know a lot of guys who don't want to be session players, mm-hmm. but they do it because the check is good. Right. You know, so it's like you may not want to be a ghostwriter, you know, but the check is good. Mm-hmm. You know, so diversify in that in that form. Um, 
a lot of guys I know can do other things, like um, my boy DJ RBI. Mm-hmm. He's a great DJ. He's a great DJ, but he can also do graphics design. Mm-hmm. So a lot of guys know do, do graphic design. Um, I'm recently breaking into photography. Mm-hmm. I've been doing it for about a year, and I think it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, you know, learning the other sides of the game, like making good merch, mm-hmm. you know, like making T-shirts. People are like, Yo, I'm going to make a T-shirt with my face on it. That's great. Right. Or, or you can make a T-shirt with a slogan you know, that everybody knows mm-hmm. and then put your name at the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like not saying that it's by you, but like have your name at the bottom of the shirt or on the back of the t-shirt right. that they know that they, that you know, it came from you like making good merch, making original merch mm-hmm. is is key. So there's so many ways to diversify, you know, for sure, for sure. That's true. No question about that. And that's that's where we're at now. I mean, I think I think ultimately and you said it is about putting in the work. I mean, you got to be a hustler. And I, I mean that in a, in a positive way. You got to, you know, be on yeah. your grind. You got to work hard. And you're right. Nothing's going to fall on your lap. I think a lot of folks think because they're nice, you know, on the mic or they're nice making beats that all of a sudden everyone's going to be clamoring to do business with them. But you got to hustle. It is, and yo, know, and don't nothing fall out the sky except mm-hmm. rain mm-hmm. and snow and hail. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully that'll be it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> so um, I noticed that you toured with Modus Yahoo. Yes, yeah, yeah. How'd that come about? Um, just my boy, this kid I know named Kosha Dills, one of my best friends. Oh, I know him. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, that's like, I, I owe that dude so much like he was like he's probably the first dude who taught me how to get paid nice you know like he taught me how to get paid he taught me like how to hustle like how to be relentless you know and just be like after every after you step off the show after you step off stage he was like yo you can dap up everybody else later he's like man have those cds in your hand and go and get out there and hustle you know and like he like that's my boy like him and I, like, and to this day, like, him and I met on MySpace. Right. You know, and uh, so him and I continued to do stuff together. And um, he's like, yo, bro, I'm about to go on tour with Modest, bro. You, you, you trying to come? I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's do it, bro. Um, and, you know, and we t- done stuff all around the U.S. with him and from even in Hawaii, you know. So it's like, it's just cool that. You know, it worked out that way. You know, Modest is a super cool dude. He he loves to freestyle, and that's how that worked. Right. Because me and Kosher freestyle a lot, and Modest likes to freestyle. So just it's kind of how that worked. Awesome. Yeah, you never know, man. I, I met Kosher, man, it might have been like a dozen or more years ago. He was with um, nice. with C-Rays. He yep. was doing a show yep. with C-Rays. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember him. Yep. I think yeah, it was, what show was that? Oh man, I don't even know. I can't even <laughs> begin to tell you. It had to be at least. It was probably like the mid two thousands, but I, I don't remember the exact year. Yeah, but that's how. I yep, mean, I don't yep. know. Like we're not friends or anything, but I, I know. I remember meeting him, and I remember thinking that was a bugged out name, Kosher Dill. Yeah, <laughs> and he was, uh, and he was with C Rays. So yeah, that's cool, man. Are you currently going to be? Tour? Are you touring now? Are you looking to put together a tour? Yeah, like I'm definitely looking to put put together a tour. Um, there's a couple. Uh, I got a couple of contacts for a couple of agencies recently. Um, so like I'm looking to hit those guys up. I'm in another band called Congo Sanchez, and we tour around a whole. We tour a lot. What's Congo Sanchez like? Congo Sanchez is like oh man, it's like reggae hip hop 
Latin infused electronic music. Wow, that's nice. Yeah, and it's um, yeah, it, it's probably it's the the band is the most fun band I've ever been a part of. It's wow. the most creatively, it's the most fun thing I've ever been a part of. You doing festivals? That sounds like a festival band. It is a fact. Yes, we do. Yeah, we, we go over we go over really well at festivals. Yeah, we do. Um, we did a quite we did quite a few festivals as this band, and um, more is definitely going to come for sure. Um, I just, in fact, I just started stockpiling a list of festivals, mm. um, you know, to slide to my homie who does the booking and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, man, I just started stockpiling a list of festivals. As you know, if you, you want to play festivals, you have to book almost the, a year in advance, right? You know, so it's like I'm stockpiling this list, and we link up earlier this later on in September. We have a, 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 a thing like a ten show run mm-hmm. in the, at the end of September, crossing into October. So uh, we're going to record and practice, and I'm going to talk to my boy about these list of festivals that I have, and you know, and, you know, and just get the ball rolling on that for sure. Man, you've been in the game for a while. Tell me if you don't mind share something yeah. with someone that's listening now that maybe was at your stage 15 years ago. What what would be the best piece of advice you could give them? Learn how to freestyle. Okay, I like that. Learn learn how to freestyle. Learn how to improv. I tell you, man, improving kept me from getting when when I was struggling mm. at my worst mm-hmm. improv kept me getting paid wow like because there were bands that I would be a part of right mm-hmm. where I didn't have any written material for but I but I could freestyle about the subject that they were playing and singing about mm-hmm you know, so learn how to freestyle, learn how to improv. If you know how to freestyle, if you know how to improv, you'll always have a gig. That's nice. You'll always have a gig. Learn. And one of my old, one of my young, one of my, my boy, Hailey, who's in the band that I'm in the band with Congo, right. he asked me the same thing. He said, yo, man, if there's anything that I could, you could tell me right now, mm-hmm. what would it be? I said, man, learn how to freestyle. He said, he said, he said, well, I can kind of freestyle. I freestyle. I said, but get good at it. Right. For real. Cause I'm telling you, man. Good freestyling will save you. It will save you. Even if, you know, you're rapping and you, you know, and, you know, who knows, stuff might skip out, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, who knows? Like, you might have to freestyle. Learn how to freestyle. I'm telling you, bro, it's, it, it's, it's the game changer. It's, it separates the men from the boys. I love the that. The girls from the women. I love it that. It does, bro. It's the truth, man. And I'm telling you, freestyling one of, one of my favorite freestylers is from Orlando. His name is Matt Ill. Oh, of course. Matt Ill's has been on. I've known Matt Ill since he was a kid. <laughs> Yo. He was, on the, he was on the podcast, is, yeah. <laughs> that dude is phenomenal. Yeah. I put, like, him, in a, I put I mean, him in a documentary, as a matter of fact. Nice, yeah. He's got bars. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I mean this, I, seen, I thought I was dope freestyling when he came through. <laughs> DC and did his thing. I was like, man, what am I doing? Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I need to step my game up. My God. Like, this dude is phenomenal. So, like, he's one of my favorite freestylers. And, um, you know, like, people like him and, like, people like No Can Do uh-huh. and, like, Hollow the Don inspired uh-huh. me to, like, just to be better freestylers. You know, so, like, um, I still freestyle to this day. And um, it's something that I pray that I always do and that I always aspire to get better at. I love that, man. That's That's phenomenal advice. And I think... In all the years, I don't think anyone's ever said that before. So definitely, that that's great wisdom, man. I appreciate that. So, talk, and it'll turn you into a better writer. Yeah, there you go. That you're going to keep you on your toes. I think mentally, right? Yeah, for sure. It's beautiful. 
No question. So tell me a little bit about what folks should be looking out for in the near future from Flex Matthews. Um, I can't really say. New music, though, but I can't really say. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't really say because the, I feel like the idea is like like stupid dope. Right. Like super dope. So it's like I got a whole series that I'm doing and um, just definitely new music. Um, to be honest with you, this new stuff that I'm writing, I'm I'm, I'm happy about it. Like the new stuff that I'm writing, it's like I'm diving deeper into myself. Um, I'm more confident. I'm more. I'm, I'm more pleased with the new stuff that I'm writing, and um, and I'm sitting on close to 200 songs, maybe wow. 300 songs. So like, and I'm not even touching that stuff probably. Wow. Like this new stuff that I have, and it's just like I'm ready to like hop in the booth. My favorite, like this, my favorite people to record with though, like. They're just like Matt Busy. Like I, I, I like to record with my boy Unknown, um, but he's he's an Odyssey band. Uh-huh. So I, so like Odyssey's always touring. So I'm just like, well, okay, you know, all right, well, you know, I, my, I want my boy to shine, get money, do you think, you right. know? Because he's phenomenal, you know. And he's like, he's like my best friend, like the first dude I ever record with, the first dude to ever give me a beat. It's my boy Unknown. So I always like I'm a champion for him, and. But then there's Damu. Like I'm super comfortable recording with Damu, but like Damu's busy, you know, right, like right. super, super, duper busy. So I'm just like, man. So it's like I kind of got to figure something out. I hear you. So how can folks find out more about your world and and keep an eye out on what's coming next? Um, just catch me on just social media. Everything is at Flex Matthews. So that's F L E X. M-A-T-H-E-W-S. Um, so that's Twitter, that's Instagram, um, that's Facebook. Um, my email is flexmatthews at gmail if you want to collab and talk business. Um, you always catch me online. New albums are coming. I'm working on them now. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm at like, I'm writing maybe like two songs a week. So like I'm, I'm chipping them out and just trying to come with fresh new material. And uh, the new stuff, I'm super happy about it. I think it'll, I think it'll elevate me to a new platform. Awesome, man. Well, I want to thank you so much for all your insight. It was a pleasure to talk to you, and I'm sure we'll cool. be talking again. I'm sure we'll have a part two in the near future. Cool beans. I look forward to it, man. But thank you, man, and um, thank you for just you know let me do the interview, but also for the work y'all did within um within Somniac, you know, magazine, like. Like, I truly appreciate, like, I still have copies of Insomniac. Um, Insomniac taught me about uh, MF Doom. Wow. That's and like, crazy. I, like, for real, taught me about MF Doom. And I was like, my boys said, you know who MF Doom is? I was like, nah. You know, but then I got, a, I got the, the issue with him on the front with right. the metal face. I think right. he, had the, he had the furry coat on. Indeed, indeed. And, um, yeah, and I think it was the Victor Vaughn uh-huh. project. Yeah, and like that was the Victor Vaughn project was my introduction to MF Doom. And wow, that was via that was via y'all, you know. Yeah. So thank y'all for just putting me on the good hip hop. It was a lot of good hip hop and a lot of gems in those magazines, and I appreciate that. No question, man. Thank you so much for saying that. I appreciate that, man. Take care of yourself. No problem. Be- you too, brother. Thank you.